Okay, there's a little chorus sheet in your hymnals. You're going to sing that song. One song before the pastor comes to bring the message. It's good to have you all this morning. Bird, oh, bird. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 
No, I know. We're not, I'm not here to talk about your birthday. <laughs> I'm sure he'll let you know that he's 14. Um, David went into surgery on uh, Friday morning. Um, they carried him back to uh, anesthesiology, did the surgery, and uh, he was, they were done about 3 o'clock, 3.30. Um, fixed all the little problems and all the big problems in his little heart. His heart's about that big. And uh, for those of you who are interested in how it worked, uh, very, very briefly, I won't get into too much detail, but they put him on a machine to pump the blood for him. They drained his heart, but it was still pumping a little bit while they did surgery. Uh, so they brought, the Lord brought him through, and uh, we met with the surgeon before and after this, the surgery, and um, her words were that he did super. <laughs> Everything is fine. And uh, they gave us a projected idea of how many days before medicines will be turned off and oxygen can come out and the breathing tube come out of his throat, his esophagus, and uh, they, when we can hold him, etc. Uh, everything is moving much earlier than expected. Uh, they took the breathing tube out the first day after the surgery. Uh, so yesterday they took that out. Um, they've already taken um, the, the drainage tubes. They had tubes connected into his chest to drain the excess fluids off, and they removed those. Um, they took off his EEG cap, so he looked like a science experiment. He had a. You ever get one of those uh, Korean pears. Korean pears that has the the foam yeah. thing on it? That's what his head looked like, <laughs> like an Asian apple. Uh, so they took that off. Um, so his, his little head is, looks fine. Um, they have a cannula so he can breathe now, but he was able to nurse last night. And that was, they didn't expect that until three and four days later. So that was, everything's moving very well. So uh, the Lord provided the blood donors. Um, we, on Sunday night, as of Sunday night, we were still missing a couple of people because some people have been disqualified for various factors. But uh, we went to the church that Willie Miracle pastors, uh, about an hour north of where the Wongs live, and he asked me to give a testimony, tell about David's condition. I said, I just said in passing, I said, if anyone has type O blood, and would you please see us because we might need a couple more blood donors. And three people volunteered. Two of them were were viable candidates, and both of them gave, and we had enough blood product for David. So all the blood that was used for David's surgery. Uh, was from people that we we had vetted. We knew where the blood was coming from. And so a lot of people drove a long way uh, to donate blood. Those people that uh, came down from northern uh, Santa Rosa, they, they drove probably over an hour and a half, two hours to get down there to donate blood to David. And uh, my mother-in-law flew out from Florida and she donated blood. She flew out on Sunday, she donated on Monday morning. Um, we're very grateful. A lot of people have been blood. A lot of people have been praying, including you. So we're very thankful. Very, very thankful. And uh, thankful how God is using little David. We've been able to witness to several people uh, through this. And he doesn't know it, but God is using him as a, as a, uh, a mouthpiece to magnify the Lord. Amen. So pray that God will continue to use him that way. Pray that God will save him while he's young and and let him know that he is a chosen vessel of God to, to glorify the Lord. 
thank you for praying for him and keep praying for him. Pray for Kristen. She's going to be living in the hospital with him until they release him. And then she'll be staying with um, with the Wongs. She'll take David to stay with the Wongs. They're about 45 minutes north of the hospital. And uh, they have provided a very comfortable home for us to stay in while we do. I'm very, very thankful for them. God provided many things. He provided a car for me to, to drive while we were there. I didn't have to rent a car. Good car, 44.3 miles to go. <laughs> uh, and uh, got to preach in a couple of churches up there. Very, very thankful. And also the vouchers, travel vouchers. Oh yes, looks like looks like there will be travel vouchers for me to get back there when I sent me to go back and pick her up and bring her back. And then praise the Lord, the, the insurance went through and the insurance is covering her meals every day while she's in the hospital. Um, it's covering, um, I think it will cover her travel between the hospital and wherever she's staying while she takes David back and forth for his checkups. And it will also cover her flights. So the Lord has provided and the insurance is going to be retroactive so it goes back to the beginning of his care two months ago. And uh, God has provided in surprising and amazing ways. Nice. And just a few months ago, I was saying, Lord, would you please do something just to, to surprise me? <laughs> Show me how great, just remind me again, would you do something to surprise me? Because I've seen God do some mighty things. And right. it's got a point that, you know, sometimes we forget what he's done or we want to see him do something a little, just beyond our imagination. And he's done that again. He's done it again. Our God is faithful. Amen. Our God is true. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. And uh, when you trust him, you're in good hands. Amen. All right, class, dismiss. Amen. That's a real life testimony of a real God who helps and takes care of his children. All right, go to First John. We're going to finish up the book. Finally, 1 John chapter 5. We are done after today. And it's been a good study for me. I have benefited from it. And I hope you have as well. 1 John chapter 5. We will finish up this book today. 1 John chapter 5. Got to see you in church today. And we hope you get a blessing. And whatever your needs are spiritually, we hope that God will meet it in some way. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John. First John chapter 5, come down to verse number 11. First John 5, 11, and as you turn there, we will pray. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony we've heard about how you are faithful in blessing of David and all the different things that had to be done that his surgery was successful and Lord uh, three or four weeks ago it was so unknown and so so apprehensive about everything and but you provided every single need for little David thank you for that and may it encourage us as a church to be faithful to you we pray in Jesus name amen first John 5 verse number 11 first John 5 verse number 11 if you found it say amen, amen. and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son. Now, last week we ended on the teaching from this chapter that there is a record, there is a, a document, the record 
is a document of the most important thing that any individual can have. And that's about this thing called eternal life. And so there are many other records that people believe. He talks about believing the witness of men, but not believe the witness of God. You make God a liar. And the examples, I want to just review very quickly for about 30 seconds. The example of believing the witness of men would be something as simple as your driver's license. Because you have a driver's license, where's mine? Oh, it's there. Because you have a driver's license, because you have that document, it proves that you are able to drive in the state of Hawaii. When you travel overseas, you must have some documents. You must have a passport, you must have a visa. These documents assure that host country that you have been vetted, you are really who you say you are, and you are allowed to come into our country. You have to have the right documents to have access to some privileges. Now, the document that John talks about is the Word of God, the Scriptures, and that document tells us that God has given to us something that is most precious of all. That most precious thing is called eternal life. The eternal life The eternal life that John writes about, that is documented by what the scripture says about Jesus Christ, is far greater than just life itself. Life on this earth lasts for 70 years, maybe longer for some. But it's a short time compared to eternal life. Eternal life goes from here, and it keeps on going. Life, just life, is that. It's very short, very, very, very short compared to eternity. And eternal life is in Jesus Christ. Eternal life is a gift of God. It comes from what the document says, the testimony, the witness of God, the scriptures. So you want to be sure that you know what the Bible says about this thing called eternal life. If you want to be sure about some things in this life, you double check. Yes? You double check. I double check things all the time. I double check when I leave the car. Did I really lock it? I double check that. I double check, you know, things that are important to me. I make sure that things are secure. I want to make sure because it is important. I make sure I have my wallet with me, which today I do not in my pocket. But whenever I walk from my car, I tap my over here to see if I got it there. And uh, I want to be sure because I have often forgotten my wallet in places. My my cell phone, cell phone. I have a holster. Sometimes I have gone to Costco. I've taken off my holster. I put it put it in the in the cart and one time I drove off and I'm thinking I gotta call Miranda oh where's my phone oh oh and I thought I must have left it in Costco oh I left it in the cart I go back to the cart it's already six o'clock on Saturday so it's closed now and people have put the carts in this little place in the parking lot I go to find where it is and I couldn't find it go to Costco left my phone in the cart if someone turns in can you call me tomorrow and sure enough, the next day, someone had turned in my phone. But I want to check to make sure if it's important. You want to make sure that you have this thing. Keyword here. You want to make sure that you have that. You want to make sure that you have eternal life. Go to the document and make sure that you have it. And the authority is the Word of God. Now, verse number 11 again. It says, this life, eternal life, is in His Son. Now, this eternal life, this eternal life is in someone. 
in a person. He says it's in his son. Eternal life is not in a religion. It is not in a system of doing religious things. It is in a person. Hey, look at verse number 11 again. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And, and this life, eternal life, is somewhere. Where do you find eternal life? According to this record, according to this document, where do you find eternal life? Now, your answer should be, by looking at that verse, and you yourself concluding, it is found in someone. What does it say? Eternal life is in his son. Now, did it say eternal life, eternal life is in in religion? Did it say it's in religion? No. Now, I just asked a question. Nobody answered. Eternal life, does this say it is found in religion? No. Okay, the rest of you who did not respond, I hope you're responding in here because the answer is no. No, it's not found in religion. In fact, let me give you an example about religion and how it is religious and it may have some important things, but it is not answering the question about eternal life. Now, let me name a religion for you. And this religion I name because it is an example of many religions. The Baha'i faith. I had studied the Baha'i faith years ago. I've taught about cults before and false religions before. The Baha'i faith is Persian in its origins. And it says this, quote, The Baha'i teachings focus on the soul's relationship with the eternal, unknowable essence of God. Let me read that again. Baha'i faith. Focus on the soul's relationship with the eternal, unknowable essence of God. Now think about what that is saying. We focus on something we cannot know. The unknowable essence of God. And daily prayer and meditation to everyone. Oh, Baha'is believe that the human spirit lives eternally and so endeavor to illumine their souls with spiritual attributes such as kindness, generosity, integrity, truthness, humility, selfless service to others. Something is missing in this statement about what they are all about. The Baha'i faith provides the means for peace and tranquility through a progressive set of social teachings. What does this mean? The Bible says eternal life is in his son. Very clear. Very clear. Very clear. A religion like this is saying these things we must do, we must become. Where's the having assurance of eternal life? How do we know God? Unknowable essence of God? That doesn't bring me any peace or comfort. It still leaves me confused and well, how do we get to know God? They are not saying they will help you. They're saying it's unreachable, unknowable. I don't need that kind of religion when I need to know if I will have personal salvation, eternity with God. Let's continue. I quote, here are some of the things that the Baha'i faith says we must be progressive in and set as social standards. Quote, 
elimination of prejudice of every kind. Well, that sounds good. The oneness of humanity. It sounds good, it sounds religious. The oneness of humanity. Is that possible? Can you have oneness in humanity? There are several problems with this. First of all, if you have oneness, you must have agreement. How can you have agreement when there is such diversity? So we continue. One essential foundation for all religions. How can that be? How can you have one essential foundation for all religions when all religions are so different? I'm seeing some problems here. Religion should cause love, affection, and joy. That sounds really nice. The harmony of science and religion. A universal auxiliary language. Universal compulsory education. Gender equality. When I studied this Baha'i faith back in the 70s, they didn't say anything about gender equality. This is the new thing. You know what this is? Attaching themselves to what's going on in modern times. Right. That's what that is. If this is real core bedrock foundation, it would have said that way back in the 70s. They didn't say that in the 70s. This is a new thing. Establishing a world parliament. The abolition of the extreme extremes of wealth and poverty. Let's make everybody the same as far as status and income. You don't want that to happen. You need rich people to help and to do things because they have wealth. If you eliminate all wealthy people and make them all poor to make it equal, oh, this is so nice, everybody's poor. What good would that do if everyone's in poverty? This is so great, we have achieved our goal, everyone is poor. That doesn't help anyone. You can help people because you have something to help them with. You have surplus of money so you can, you can pray about where you send your income, uh, uh, suppress to help people but if you don't have you can't do anything how does that help okay let me go on this that's not my point the non-involvement of religion with politics human rights for all now all of these things are new to the Baha'i faith these fundamental Baha'i principles call for a complete restructuring of humanity's priorities from material to spiritual from exclusive to inclusive and from divisiveness to unity it all sounds so good, however, it does not answer the question, will I have eternal life when I die? The Bible, the record, the document says, you can know you have eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's where it comes from. You see the difference here? One is very clear. One is very sure. The other one is very generic and religious. Very appealing. Very structured. Very strict. Very narrow very much one way, this one pretty open to anything you want. We'll accommodate all of your opinions and views about religion. We won't deny you, we won't say you're wrong. Nobody's wrong on this side. Everybody's right. That's not possible. One plus one is? What if I said to you, I have new math. One plus one plus, one plus one is 11. That's the new way of doing things. You know what you should say? No, that's wrong. That's what you should say, because it is wrong. Two times two is four. I think the new math should be in 2023, two times two is 22. You better say that's wrong math. You better not teach kids that's the right new kind of math. 
All right? Now, the document says this life, eternal life, is somewhere. Yeah. It is found somewhere. It is found somewhere. Do you remember? <coughs> Do you remember when you was a kid and you had all of these imaginative things about finding buried treasure? When I was a little boy in Kaneohe, some, some white boy told me this, some holly boy said, I know that there's buried treasure, tre buried treasure. He said, this was buried underneath, underneath, A coconut tree along the road, Makalani Street in Kanue, Makalani Pohal. He says, We're in the third grade. What do we know? This kid said, I know I saw somebody buried treasure on the coconut tree. Where? To my other friend. Where? 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 Tell us where. This is before pirates became very popular in modern times. And so we begged this kid to tell us where this uh, special coconut tree was, and he never told us. You know what this guy did? He milked us. He said, well, you know, I mean, if you buy my lunch, if you buy my lunch, I will tell you where it is. It only cost a quarter back then, school lunch. Only cost a quarter. We'd buy him lunch. Uh, can I have another for buying lunch? I'm hungry today. We give him another quarter. Three of us fed this guy so many quarters. He kept baiting us on. Okay, now, on Friday, I'm going to show where the tree is. Friday finally came. <laughs> where, where, we couldn't wait till school to get over and we went to his house. Actually, we all came home from school, dropped off our stuff, and okay, where, where, where? We're, we got shovels. We got shovels. Ready to dig and find that buried treasure. We got shovels. One guy got a pickaxe. A pickaxe, I got a shovel. We're so excited to find buried treasure. This guy convinced us he knew the tree in which the buried treasure was hidden. And so we believed this guy. He began to hem and haw. Let's see here now. I can't remember which tree it was. We said, you can't remember. You told us you knew where the tree was. Well, I think it's, no, no. And we go to this, that's that. We go over there, we start to dig, nothing. Wait a minute, I think it must be another tree. We're beginning to suspect a scam. We found no bear church that afternoon. We're so mad at this guy, we sought revenge. We got revenge in this guy. You know what we did? I won't tell you. <laughs> you might mimic it and I might get in trouble for even a bad example and you you people following that I might get arrested <laughs> Hawaiian News today pastor of a Baptist church arrested for misleading people giving them kids bad examples and because the remedy we had for revenge was really effective boy did he suffer boy did he suffer Anyway, um, I need to bypass that because it's not part of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and so there is a treasure here worth more than a real treasure. I have learned that people go deep sea diving, they find buried treasure sunken gallons that held $17 million of gold and silver and jewels and everything, and uh, they get to keep it. It's a big, it's a big industry, it seems like. Um, well, they're so happy. Can I tell you something? If you, if you found that, really, if you did, you'd be very happy. If you won the lottery, the Michigan lottery, you might win $850 million. You'd be very happy. You find you have a lot of friends. 
lot of relatives. He never saw for 50 years, but all of a sudden, hey, I said, hey, 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 you know. You'd be happy, but God says, the record says, this is really kind of like that, but much greater. Because when you die, when you leave this physical world, your soul goes somewhere. And according to the record in 1 John, your soul goes to be with Jesus Christ if you have received him, because in him is eternal life. You gotta get that real straight today. You gotta get that in your head. Forget about the Super Bowl, forget about the World Series, forget about the game, who's gonna win your favorite. Forget all about that stuff right now. And just focus on what the Bible is saying, the record is saying. Forget about that, focus on this. Forget and focus. Forget and focus. I just made that up. Forget and focus on what the Bible says. Forget about the outside things. All this bothering you today. Forget about that for a moment and think about and focus upon what God is saying here on his record, his official word. Eternal life is in a person. It's in one person. It's in one person. Amen. Religion says this, number one. Religion says Jesus Christ is one of many. That's what the Baha'is say. He is one of many prophets. Abraham in his time, Moses in his time, Jesus Christ in his time. In our time, in modern times, it's Baha'u'llah the prophet. And now it's his son. So it's very convenient. We have a prophet for this time, this time. Jesus had his place in his time. But now we have very, very convenient, very sneaky. Who would be behind that kind of sneaky kind of thinking? Who would get people to believe that Jesus Christ, we're not going to criticize him, but then again, he's just one of several. You know what the Bible says? I want you to turn to first uh, John chapter 14. John 14. And verse number 6. I want you to turn to this verse. You should know this verse if you've been saved for more than a year. John 14 and verse number 6. Turn to this verse and see what the record says about God's Son and how salvation is in God's Son. John 14, verse number 6. John 14, verse number 6. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by... Now, look at the board, please. No one comes to the Father but by me. You know what he's saying? It's only through me, Jesus speaks, only through me you get to the Father. He eliminated everyone else. Think of what that statement is saying. He eliminated everyone else. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. You don't come to the Father through Abraham, through Isaac, or Jacob. You don't come to the Father through Moroni or anybody else. You don't come to the Father, you see what he's saying? Not by Baha'u'llah or his son. You come to me through my son, through Jesus Christ. You got to understand that the record officially says, we insist, God says, I insist, this is how it is. You ought to be glad that he makes it so clear because then you can do what he says and be accepted by God because you've done what he said. 
rather than go through life, I wonder if this is enough. I wonder if this is being good enough. I wonder if this is being religious enough. You don't have to wonder. So eternal life is in his son. Very specifically, look at chapter 5 of 1 John and come down to verse number 20. 520, in that same chapter, 520. Now look at the words very carefully. 520. And we and we know. That's quite different from the behind teaching focused on the soul's relationship with the eternal unknowable essence of God. He says, and we know, and we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us something. Given us in Do you listen? Do you know that God is not hiding from anyone? He's not hiding from anybody. He never did hide from anybody. He has come to give anybody, everybody, an understanding of who he is. That we may, that we may, verse 20, that we may know. Okay, verse 20. We know the Son of God has come and hath given us understanding that we may know him. He's not hiding from anybody. That we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the, this is the, this is the true God and eternal life. I want you to see how clear John makes this. Eternal life is a reality that you can have, but his, but having eternal life comes by having his son. Exclusively, only, only his son. Only. I, I need to emphasize, only. Only. You find eternal life only in His Son, Amen. not in any religion, not in anyone else. I once talked to a man in Makiki, a Vietnamese cab driver back then when cabs were pretty much profitable because there's no Uber and Lyft. But I thought I left the crush on a Thursday night, but I looked on his shelf, he had different idols that he had brought over from the old country, and he still had that. I thought I led him to Christ. I came back the following week to help him to grow, give him some follow-up literature. And I, we had talked about that idol that he had on the shelf. And uh, he told me, oh, this is for his protection when he's driving in a cab, protection from harm. Oh, he prayed to it. I came back the following week and I said, oh, you still have your statue, your whatever he called it. You still, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He smiled at me very happy, yeah, yeah. I said, well, uh, I." I kind of remember last week you received Christ as your Savior. Oh, yes, I did. I did. Very, yes, I did. I said, well, if you receive Christ as your Savior, then He's your Savior. Do you really need this now? You know what He told me? Which was like a revelation to me. He told me, well, I did receive Christ as my Savior. And He said this, you can't have too much insurance. <laughs> he added Jesus to His shelf of idols. Either I didn't explain it clear enough for him, which could be possible, or he just had his mind. I'll listen to this gentleman, and I'll hear what he has to say, and I'll say yes to whatever he has to say, and I'll buy into what he has to say, because I need, 
I, 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 I'm okay if I have another more, I have more insurance. And that's how he thought about that. Can I tell you something? Jesus Christ is not adding another person to your religious shelf. Right. It is not, I got Buddha, I got Confucius, I got Islam, I got this, I got that. I'm going to add Jesus to that. On that shelf of idols that a person may have in his heart, if he's going to receive Christ as his Savior, if he believes the record that eternal life is in his son, he would just knock everything off and put Jesus on the top, on that shelf alone. You say, well, how dare he demand that he be the only one? How dare you say he cannot demand that? Because the record says he is the one that has life. And if you are to have eternal life, it's going to be through his son. That's very clear from what he says. I appreciate him being honest and make that clear. I don't like a mechanic telling me A, B, C, but then he really means D. I don't like that kind of dishonesty. I once took my car years ago down to Kakaka somewhere or Makiki. This guy had a, back then they had the Christian Yellow Pages. Anybody remember those Christian Yellow Pages? <laughs> Christian Yellow Pages, okay, so that the Yellow Pages and the Christian Yellow Pages, Christian vendors, Christians support these people. Took my car down, it was a Corolla or something. Anyway, I had some problems with it, and uh, the guy said, oh yeah, 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 I, I got attracted to him because in the Christian Yellow Pages, Christian guy, mechanic, um, we serve Jesus Christ in you. Okay, sounds really good, right? <laughs> okay, so took it down over there, and I uh, said this, that, said, okay, we'll take care of it. And, uh, he said, I'll let you know what's going on, and then uh, we'll, we'll take it. And I said, fine. Waited around for a couple hours before he called me. He said, okay, uh, we took these things apart, whatever it was at the time, he says, and then we did this to the car. I said, now, wait a minute. You told me, you told me that you're going to call before you actually do anything. I said, isn't that how it goes? Yeah, but since we're taking it, I said, wait a minute. Now, before this, before this, Christian guy, he says, and what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church. He said, oh yeah, really? Hey, why don't you come by sometime and do Bible studies with us at lunchtime? I said, okay, yeah, sure. All this is before he took the car apart and did something to it before I got approval, gave approval. And then afterwards, he, I said, no, I didn't want you to do that. How much is it going to cost me? He said, I said, what? 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 I said, wait a minute, that's not what we talked about. And then I learned a lesson about people who have fish symbols by their business. Yeah. And he put things together, and uh, well, you know, took it apart, you know, well, what, what do you want us to do? Well, mister, you got me stuck over here, don't you? You got me over a barrel, don't you? What am I gonna do if I wanna take this car? I'm gonna have to put it together, I have to pay for your service, right, right? And so he had to put it, you have to pay him. I said, listen, I know some people, and I'll tell everybody I know about you. I said, I'm a pastor of a church, I'm gonna tell everybody in my church, if you ever need to work for a car, do not go to this guy. I said, I'm going to tell everybody I know. I said, because you are a shameful testimony of a Christian. You say one thing, you do another thing. I said, shame on you. I'm going to tell everybody in this church about you. And this guy was flabbergasted, like, how dare you tell people? I said, now I thought, I thought, you know what? This is not vengeance. This is about doing the right thing. Why would I want somebody else defrauded or cheated by somebody who has a fish symbol by his business? I said, no way, Jose. It's happened to me twice. Three, three or four times. One was a Toyota dealership in uh, Salt, not Salt Lake, but Mapuna uh, Puna. Anyway, I called the manager. His name was Moses, of all things. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was gonna try to sell with it. My wife was with me, and we liked this car. We sat in it, and we got we got sucked into. Oh, that feels good. 
and we imagined ourselves driving this car, you know, this this whatever car it was, and we we thought, oh, this is, and uh, went through this thing about, oh, let me see what my manager says, and let me let me let me. Well, I think we worked something out. He goes back for about fifteen more minutes, and making us sweat and hoping that oh maybe this is. And he comes back, you know, uh, I don't know about this, but my manager says uh, da 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 da, and he said, this is your lucky day. If you give me a check made up to me for a hundred dollars, I'll push this through. I said, right, you a check for a hundred dollars? Not to the dealership? No, no, I, uh... And I said, I don't think that sounds right. Anyway, I said, oh, we, we need to go. Oh, no, no, and we, we left. I called the manager, talked to Moses, found out who he was, I said, hey, here's what this guy did. I put it in writing to him too, for a record. I said, I'm gonna tell everybody I know that this is a crooked dealership. Now, it wasn't all a crooked dealership. I was just putting pressure on the manager to get this guy straightened out. I don't appreciate people trying to treat me, uh, cheat me. Neither should you. You know what God says? I'm not going to cheat you. My word says this. I'm going to do what I said. You should appreciate that. Like you appreciate honest business people. I'm not really upset. I'm happy today. This is October 3rd. Next month is Thanksgiving. All right. And so uh, in 520, eternal life is in his son. Do you understand that? You turn up a real a real thing. It comes in a real person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In him that is true. Now look at John chapter one, verse number four. Very quickly, please. John chapter one, the gospel of John, John chapter one, verse number four. I want to emphasize to you what John is saying in first John. He wrote both books. But in first in John chapter one, verse number four. Look at what John says here about the Lord. John 1, 4. In him, in the Son of God, in him was life. Now, why does it say in him was life? It's because John writes after the fact of his experience with Jesus Christ. It's past tense. Now, in him was life. When he was there, he is the one who gave life. Now, in 1 John 4, 9. Go back to 1 John. Go back to 1 John quickly. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Now, you notice that in our church... We, we have you turn to the Bible verses. So you see for yourself what we're saying. Sometimes we don't have time for that, but most of the time in Sunday school, we like to show you, we like you to see for yourself what the Bible says. First John 4, verse number 9 says this. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. Now you need to think about that phrase. God loved us enough to send his only son into the world. If he had 12 sons and he sacrificed one, that would be a sacrifice. But he didn't have 12 sons. He had one son. He sent his only begotten son into the world to die on the cross. Verse number 9 says that we, we sinners, that we might live through him. Once again, you see the emphasis of eternal life is only in his son. It's in a person. It is through one person only. Only one. That's what the record says. Now look at chapter 5 of John, 1 John. We're going to wind up this chapter very soon, in five minutes or less. 1 John 5, verse number 12. After John has told you, the record says eternal life is a real, a real matter. It's in a real person. Now in verse number 12, it says this. He that hath the Son... Now, the word hath is another way of saying, if you have. He that, or has. He that has, he that has the Son, 
has life. Then he says this, and he that hath or has not the Son of God hath or has not life. Do you understand what he's saying? Okay. If you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. That is what he is saying. It is very, very clear, the record is. You need to let that sink in very carefully because today you either have the Son because you did receive the Son, or today you don't have the Son yet. Yet. Now, I want to show you what John is talking about. Francis, here's an envelope. Would you come? Let me do a little play acting here. All right, I'm gonna give Francis an envelope. Okay, now you can see as well as I can. Francis, what does this envelope say on the front? Jesus. Hold that up, please. Hold up to the camera. Okay, now look, watch this. Open the envelope and pull up the card and read to us what the card says. Watch carefully and hold it up as you read it. Eternal life. Okay, now watch this. Eternal life is what we want. It's what you should want. You don't want to go to hell, you want to go to heaven. Eternal life. How do you get eternal life? Put it back in the envelope, please. To have eternal life, you must have that's what the Bible says. You must receive the Son, and when you receive the Son, open. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you have this thing called. Do you understand? Do you see what John is saying? Today, you either have. Embrace this. You either. You, hard to find good help these days. <laughs> what kind of people are the union giving us? Screen Actors Guild, good for nothing. <laughs> if you have Jesus, you have eternal life. But if you turn him away, if you turn him away, would you like to have Jesus? Yes. You're supposed to say no. <laughs> oh, no. Again, what kind of help do we have from Screen Actors Guild? Do you want eternal life? No. Do you want Jesus? No. Okay, if he says no, he has essentially turned away that. You can't separate this from him. He that hath the Son hath life. Number two, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> Through the funniness, do you see the truth? That's what 1 John 5, 11, 12 says. I will tell you very plainly, no matter who you are, that it is only Jesus Christ that can give eternal life. I closed, it, I closed the lesson today with this true story. Napoleon Bonaparte, you all know him, you've heard about him at least. One time, Napoleon Bonaparte, one of his officers, a lieutenant, was mortally wounded. He asked take me to my general's tent. They carried him to Napoleon's tent. This dying lieutenant of his, a loyal soldier, he says this to Napoleon. He says, Napoleon, 
who's holding the blood from coming out, holding his wound. Blood's coming through his fingers. Napoleon looks at him. He says, Napoleon, you must save me. You know what Napoleon says? He looks at him and does this. I cannot save you. And walked away. You know what that tells me? Save me, Buddha. Buddha says, I cannot save you. Yeah. Save me, Muhammad. I cannot save you. Right. Save me, right. whoever. They cannot save you if they're honest. Right. Buddha said, I cannot save you. Save me, Jesus. Jesus says, certainly. Amen. Amen. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the most important person. This is the most important possession to have. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you have nothing in this world. If you have Jesus Christ, you have everything. Be sure today you have Christ as your Savior. Make sure about that. Okay? That ends 1 John. And that is the reason why he wrote 1 John that you may know you have eternal life. And John wants the whole world to know that. We want you to know that. Okay? We need to stop. We need to pray. Father, we pray that you'd help us to see the importance of what John wrote and how serious it is for us to have assurance of eternal life. And it is our prayer that someone, that someone that we know, that someone here even, who is uncertain about eternal life, they would turn to Christ in faith and leave church today certain, sure that they have Christ, which means they have eternal life. And I pray that you help someone today to be certain about that. Make sure of their personal salvation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.